Hubhopper Originals. To start your podcast for free, log on to studio.hubhopper.com. We're just too powerful to just give in, you know, too yeah. powerful to not say something and and just too amazing to like not <laughs> not have our say in this world so i i think uh, that's where it comes from and and you have to cultivate it too by the way there is no one you know i can lose this confidence tomorrow if i don't do certain things you know you got to always always talk to yourself nicely you always need to um do things to cultivate that confidence that every time you say don't do this to yourself mm-hmm. that confidence you pay in confidence dollars that's how yeah. i think Yeah. So never do anything that you lose confidence because it erodes over time. You know, I hear all these a lot of women, a lot of my clients say, "Oh, I was so confident in college, but then I'm not." So thinking that confidence is an identity is mm. a is the problem. It's not. It's a skill, and you know, you if you lost it, you can gain it. But when you have it, you can still lose it. So you be careful. Hello and welcome to the Success with Savita podcast where we share hot tips on how to do life and business without losing your mind. I'm your host Savita Nanjappa, entrepreneur, high achieving 9 to 5er turned transformational success coach, helping you create a wildly successful business. Come hang out with me and other fabulous humans like you every week for stories and chats packed with a healthy dose of tips, resources, how-tos and real talk. Side effects may include a happier and more confident you with each passing day. Today joining me on the Success with Savita podcast is Prasha Dutra. A little bit about Prasha before we dive into the conversation. Prasha is a STEM coach for women in STEM. She's a TEDx speaker and I've listened to her TEDx talk and a die-hard friends fan. Prasha helps connect women in STEM believe in themselves so that they can take their next steps with confidence. With over 15 years of being in the STEM ecosystem, Prasha brings expertise, step-by-step growth techniques, and a fresh perspective to the table for her community and coaching clients, spanning from finding clarity in their careers to finding time for their families and dreams and getting connected with relatable role models featured on the TEDx stage and founder of her own podcast which is amazing uh an online conference prasha's signature coaching style makes women take control of their confidence time both inside and outside of stem careers her clients customers community love prasha because of her upbeat attitude all the dancing moves that i have seen her well formulated take on personal growth and unshakable commitment to helping women in stem believe in their brilliance and thrive in their career and life with that prasha welcome to the success with savita podcast and to also meeting our little group here inside the mentorship thank you for your time and i'm so excited to have you here for the second time although we did the insta live earlier but this is like something that's going to be there for a long time to come so thank you and welcome to the podcast thanks for having me savita you're so sweet i'm so excited you're, <laughs> you're welcome so with that i want to dive right in as always share with us your journey so far it's been interesting and there have been some changes since the last time we spoke with your career so walk us through um your journey so far yeah sure so i uh, grew up in india and I did my bas- uh, bachelor's in chemical engineering and my master's in mechanical engineering from US. Uh, I moved there about 
10, 11 years ago. And uh, since then grew my uh, engineering career in uh, heavy manufacturing. So I was in the wire and cable manufacturing world. I uh, spent about seven, eight years there and just recently quit my job to do this coaching thing full time. So it's been mm -hmm. super exciting. I hopped on the great resignation train. I think that's going on right now and uh, decided to take the leap of faith because it, it really brings me joy. And I do think it's my life's purpose. So um, it has been interesting uh, moving abroad and you know learning the culture there and really understanding like women in STEM problems because in India, we, at least I didn't have that you know, um, group circle or even understanding of this particular universe or mm -hmm. ecosystem. And so it's been really interesting to see the parallels in, in the two countries. And then um, I do help mostly uh, Indian women. I mean, yes, I do have a very diverse group, but, you know, a lot of Indian women, you know, relate with me and they are their first generation. So um, that's kind of like my, uh, you know, my, my, my big part of my audience. So it, it's been incredible. It's been so much fun. Um, and it's such a, a interesting thing that the secret sauce is you just believe in yourself and it's so simple, but it's so hard and it's just so hard. Like, <laughs> and it takes our entire lives to believe that. Right? Like it takes a full lifetime. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's something that everybody, like, yeah, you said rightly entire life. It sounds so simple. And I want to ask you, so if that's a secret sauce, how did you get started with, why did you choose to start yeah. your side hustle? Sure. And what brought you to focus primarily because you focus on women in STEM building their careers. Also, I know that because you spend time there. Uh, what and why? Yeah, so that's a great question. And I think it did not start as a side hustle. It just started being like a curious project. Um, you know, I think with a lot of the Southeast Asian community, there's a lot of pressure to get married. So I think we spend our like the first 25 years of our lives to like get that done. Mm -hmm. I guess you're doing your career and, you know, trying to settle down. Uh, but there's a lot of pressure to get that done. And then once I got married, I just found myself with all this time on my hands. And I was like, oh my God, I don't have a project anymore. <laughs> this lifelong dream to get married is done. And when I was doing, when I was setting, uh, planning my wedding, uh, I did that in like 70 days by myself in the US. So mm -hmm. I felt like really energized and excited to like organize everything. So I was like, I need to do something. Uh, I was also dabbling with like startups, tech startups, just trying to figure out what else there could be. And uh, I remember writing my uh, bio on LinkedIn and I kind of got stuck and I'm a mechanical engineer and like there's nothing else I could come up with. Like, I'm like, oh my God, like oh. All my life tried to be a mechanical engineer. Now I am, but that's not enough. And mm. kind of feel small, like if that's all my identity is. And mm. I think this is a realization we all have because we work so hard for that title or that degree. And then just to find out that that's really not it and it's not enough, right? So that started me on this path of like curious exploration. And it was kind of through that, um, I thought of like sharing the stories of all the friends I have because my wedding party was all engineers and I was telling the story to my cousin I was like oh my god these incredible women like they do so many wonderful things and uh, and then it just kind of clicked like wait like I could really share this story because at the time I was also reading like clean in and mm. it kept saying that there are not enough women and I'm like wait my reality is such a huge contrast to what you're saying there are enough women and I want to showcase them and I get that that we need more 
but we're not going to get more by keeps repeating the problem. I think we need to celebrate the women that are already there. And that's how her STEM story started in 2017. Um, and you know this yeah. really well, it snowballs. And, you know, eventually found my way into like coaching and um, that became a business over time. I love that you share that your title said mechanical engineer and you realize that so early on, unlike me, spent 17 years in the corporate world till I left. Um, after I left, I was like, oh, what do I do? Nothing. I mean, because my job was my identity for so long. And um, I wish I had this uh, sense much earlier because, you know, there's so much more we could have, I could have accomplished if I had had the um, understanding maybe or the awareness so yeah kudos to you on that and then this year you made a full-time transition uh, from quitting your job into coaching how did you prepare for it or did you need to prepare for it yeah so I think I was preparing for it since I started the podcast but I always for me it was hard because I really really loved what I did like this was really my passion I never it's not like I ended up in mechanical engineering because I didn't get a link. It wasn't because somebody said you should do it. Uh, mm. It was just, I did chemical engineering because I l always wanted to work in a factory. Like this is like a lifelong dream, right? I was in eighth grade and we used to watch, my dad was big time into Discovery Channel and we would watch how it's made like nonstop. And I still watch how it's made nonstop. But uh, like in, in these shows that build roller coasters and these shows that build all these kind of nonsense stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was always very, very appreciative of that and wanted to do it really bad. And I was kind of lucky to end up in a career that was exactly that. Um, and so it was difficult decision for me because I loved what I did. And I was at, literally at the peak of my career. I was I just got a global diversity inclusion role. I just got promoted last like November. And so the future looked very bright, but mm. from where I stood, I said, I know exactly how this is going to play out. Like I knew all the next steps. I knew how it's going to go. And that just didn't excite me. I mean, it could have mm. been a life, but I said, I would rather leave at a high note than leave on a lower note. Mm. And I'm very intuitive person. So as soon as like, I think on the 5th, 25th of June, I decided, and I think on the 1st, I gave my notice and <laughs> I was out by 15th. So uh, I'm really quick at those things, but I prepared, uh, I think the way I prepared, I'll be honest with you, is by creating a little bit space between me and my profession, mm. uh, just creating a space, like this doesn't have to define me, but this doesn't have to define me either, right? Because yeah. you go from one and fall in another, that's not the point. Mm. And so I think that did a lot of self-work, a lot of like, you know, meditative work, a lot of you know, really understanding what do I really want to do and doing it from that place of intention and purpose. I think one of the best books I read on the topic is called The Path Made Clear by Oprah Winfrey. And it's a really, really great book. And it has a 10 chapters to walk you through how to find your path. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've had it on my bookshelf all these years. And I always thought it was a book full of quotes, so I never touched it. And then one day I picked it up and I was like, wait, this is exactly what I wanted. And really great book so for preparation wise I think really knowing yourself best uh, because mm. otherwise you will do things for wrong reasons and they will not be sustainable yeah. um, so it's a lot of self-work and uh, a lot of like again like constant learning and like you know taking advice from people I think people once you get so many degrees like mm. I think 
it's kind of like I talk to some people and they, they, they feel offended that I can help them because the whole thing is like, I have like six degrees. Why would I need anybody's help? But there's no, um, there is no award in the end of life yeah. <laughs> that you'll get because you try to do it alone. It's yeah. kind of silly. So I have a lot of help too. Like, you know, I have a coach full time. I, you know, again, I read a lot and I really try to put on a lot of effort into like building this. Because again, the outside will change all the time, right? So yeah. I, I think that was the preparation I did, which is yeah. self-awareness versus uh, business preparation. Business, you know, we are all very yeah. smart. We can figure that out. <laughs> okay, it's just, but I remember your 4 a.m. wake up mm-hmm. and all the things that you were doing live. I was like, oh my God, I don't even know if I can do 1% of this at 4 a.m. That's crazy. But yeah, I think what you shared is prepare yourself the other pieces will fall into place. Um, Before we move on, for all those who are joining in, we are recording this live. So at the end of the session, I'll uh, pause and then we take questions. So keep your uh, microphones on mute. Uh, And and I'm happy that you all are joining. And I hope you find so much value with our wonderful guest, Prasha, who is one of my favorite people. Just forgot to mention that in my earlier intro. Okay, moving on. (laughs) No, no, go ahead. I said, you're too sweet. <laughs> ah. So moving on, Prasha, STEM, you are focused on helping women in STEM build their career. What are some key challenges that you see women in STEM face? Is I, I'm assuming it's the same everywhere, but is there something different or unique that you have noticed? Yeah, I think there's a lot going on uh, in the field, but I think mostly it's the it's the lack of role models is definitely what I believe is there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the fact that we can't see ourselves growing, we can't see ourselves thriving. It's very hard for us to keep on. And then they're not enough diverse role models either. So you usually the poster childs for these careers are the CEOs or like, you know, Cheryl Sandberg. And mm. I don't think every woman has that ambition and, there is this push and pull of ambition and you know I, I also want a family I also want to have a life but then you show me Sheryl Sandberg and I'm like wait like you know these two don't add up so mm-hmm. I think there's this identity crisis that that happens you know three four or five years into the profession and you know there's not enough studies being done as to what the real cause is uh, because all the money is going in marketing, of course, like everything is being pumped into like, oh, let's make the nicest poster. But then nobody wants to support the research to understand the problems. And I think it is way more complicated than, you know, than they are not getting promoted or they're not getting opportunity. Uh, there's a difference between opportunity and inclusivity, right? Like mm-hmm. There could be a lot of opportunity, but do I feel like I'll be included, you yeah. know? Uh, and then I think also the upbringing, right? Like women were not raised for these professions. I think that, you know, school was the only thing. Like there was no like, you can speak up your mind and mm. you can act like you want. And you're a good, you're amazing. Like nobody ever said things like that. So now that self-doubt as you grow older, of course, gets stronger. Um, so I think there's very complicated challenges, but also mm. in some cases, very simple challenges of not having enough time for yourself and, not knowing what the next steps are, um, just not knowing. And I yeah. think people who go through very structured education systems struggle with that, right? Like struggle with the fact that I don't know what the next step is. And this is really scary mm-hmm. because 
15 years, I knew, right? Like I knew it was the next grade and the next project and the next class and the next course. And so suddenly you're in open waters and there's no structure. Now you have to like carry the weight and you have to advocate and you have to figure this out. So I think it gets a little overwhelming. Mm. Um, And then there's not enough, um, uh, there's not enough space for authentic leadership in corporate, right? So there's this set form of leadership. So women are, even though they're leaders, they're acting like men. Mm. So it's just such a complicated universe that unless you're really strong, and yeah. you're really like a go-getter, you don't care what other people say. Mm. You're going to thrive. But if you care a little bit about what others think, then it's just a little bit of a bad situation to be in. Which a lot of women do, right? I mean, all yes. of us do because we are conditioned to care about what others think about us. And I think one of my earlier conversations with Shaley Chopra, who's the founder of She the People TV, she said the same thing. She's like, women are being Rambo in the boardroom and they need to learn how not to be that person inside the boardroom. So um, I also wanted to ask you, in STEM today, are there like enough opportunities or is there like a nice career path that I can see and say, okay, this, if I do this, 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 I can go here and I can do this. And yeah, maybe I want that. Is that clear or it's not? They have to just figure yeah. their, their, their yeah. way out. I think some places are better than others. I think tech companies are definitely investing more resources and money and attention to these things. They have better systems, software, 360 reviews, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of support, a lot of space. Uh, but then also at the same time, like toxic culture and like when, where it matters, right? Yeah. So I was just reading a book where they were talking about how corporate America is actually using diversity inclusion to make money, right? Of course, like nobody really cares unless you and I are in those boardrooms. I really don't think anybody cares, right? Yeah. And that is the reality of it all. So the path is not there, but you can create it for sure. Like I think if you're talented, if you have results, and if you have a little bit of confidence, I think you could do anything you want. Mm. However, to think that this is it is not fair to you mm. because you could have a five-year career that you absolutely enjoyed, or you can have a 50-year career that you absolutely enjoyed. I think this focus on like this ultimate pinnacle of success, mm. and then that's it is the problem because yeah. it's not it. Whatever promotions you get, like you need to understand like, how long can I stay in this? How long am I going to contribute to it? What value will I add to the industry? And then what's my exit strategy, right? Am I leaving retired CEO or am I leaving, you know, to become a CEO? Like, but people are not thinking about the exit strategy at all, thinking like this will be my life forever. Mm. Not true. Your path is way more than your corporate life. Yeah. But if you're, you, you can make your path. I mean, this is, I think I've met, always met really great people, really great leaders, really great uh, advocates uh, Mm -hmm. for my work and my job, because I think I always went in from a a very open mind and and from an attitude that I want to contribute. I think Mm -hmm. that there's so much about what do you have for me? Yeah. And we forget what do I bring for you? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's a two way street, but if you focus on value, just like entrepreneurship, if you add value to people's lives, they'll, value yeah you don't add value to people's life and you're more on the advocacy or more on mm. the you know i don't care about the value but you should do this and it's like yeah it doesn't work that way you know yeah. so yeah you can create a path it's not very clear tech very much clear engineering still struggling science is a mess like academia is horrifying 
Mm. I mean, the realities of academia in America are shameful. I mean, it's horrible. They don't get paid, they don't get leaves, they don't get... It's really, really bad. So I think the STEM ecosystem is uh, pretty complicated on that end as well. So it, it's, again, it's a challenge, but if it's definitely worth, that's your dream, mm. I, I think it's possible to build any career that you want. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. Stay tuned as we take a quick break and we'll see you on the other side of the show. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. That's quite an in-depth answer. You know. that, I, I was, no, that's fine. And we want to, we want to understand, right? And I would think that similar things appear, uh, I mean, it's the same around the world, um, including in India. So I would think that STEM is in the same place here. But with that, uh, when you work with people what are some strategies for that you recommend or the support that you ask them to seek or get what are your strategies for people to help women in stem grow in their career find leadership roles or like you said build an exit strategy so they have this plan maybe it's into entrepreneurship maybe it's something else yeah social I impact think, i think the first thing that i usually work with people is to create some time because right now you don't have it, right? Like if you're working these big roles or if you're very ambitious, you're probably filling up your time with a lot of things, mm. thinking that it's getting you somewhere, but it's like a treadmill, you're not getting anywhere. So I think the first thing is to really take an inventory of what's going on. So one of the first exercises we usually do with anybody is like, let's list out your day. Like, so what happens? I mean, right now I'm ch- sharing a lot about my agenda, Mm. But it, it just is super important to be aware of where your time is going, mm. right? Because maybe right now somebody else is controlling all of it because you are not even intentional as to what happens at 8 a.m. I know mm. what happens tomorrow at 8 a.m. And I know what happens at 5 p.m. too. <laughs> but you need to know that. So people get shocked when they start listing 8 to 8.30, 8.30 to 9, 9 to 9.30. Like, what am I doing with all these hours? So that's the first step to really observe where I'm spending Mm. time. And you can do this for a whole week to just see, just look at the data of what's happening. You'll see that these huge windows of time that you're just not intentional about. And eh, maybe a meeting comes at three, I'll take it. So I think before changing anything, of course, observing the trends, but then first thing is to create some time so that you have a little bit space to then figure out your plans for the future. Uh, and so time is very, very important uh, because again, people don't, people think they don't have time because they don't look at it. You know, it's like mm. when I used to be afraid of money, I wouldn't look at my accounts. I wouldn't know where I'm spending it. I didn't know how much I had. And I was just always scared that yeah. I didn't have any. <laughs> and that same thing applies to time also. So I think the biggest thing is time. The second thing is energy. So we will focus a lot on the energy side because again, time doesn't mean anything unless mm. you have energy. So you were saying about the 4 a.m thing yeah. and it, it wasn't for the fact that oh if I do the 4am thing I'll become a millionaire or if I do the 4am thing I'll be the next best thing in the world it's more because you realize that at 4am I can energize myself in a way mm. that I can't do during the day so there's this yeah. huge potential of energy uh, imagine if I gave you a, turbo, a supercharger for your phone and said this will charge it in three minutes yeah you'll be like oh, God, I need to get it that's what 4am is If you wake up at 4 a.m., it charges you, supercharges you for the day. So second thing we work with is energy. So I think if you can somehow find that energy to now start focusing, improving your productivity, improving your attention, 
then you can think about ideas for a little bit longer mm. than what you're doing right now. Because right now you're going from idea to idea, Instagram page to Instagram page, and it's just a huge clutter. Yeah. And I think the last strategy, which I absolutely love a lot, and of course, there's so many more, but the last one is journaling. It's my mm. favorite. I really, oops, sorry. I really don't go anywhere without it. Like it's everywhere. Like this time on the plane, I didn't even have a book. I just had a journal because I had so many ideas I needed to write down. Mm. So really just thinking through things, you know, taking one minute, you know, how you solve problems yeah. in school and college, like math problems. Like that's how you should thought, think about your thoughts, break them down. What's going on? If you have an idea, write it down. What if it happened? Mm. Yeah. Right? Like if you wanted a million dollars, how? 250 yeah. people have to give you $5,000. That's it. That's your million dollars. $1.25 million. That's the math. But you won't get that done here. Like you need to put everything on paper, be able to see it. So mm-hmm. I think time, energy, and using something like a journal to really start getting a little bit space and understanding is the tools you need. Then yeah. you can become confident. Then you can, you know, apply all the strategies that are already available online. Like how to find a job is there. Yeah. You just don't have time to find it. <laughs> yeah, true. So I teach people that. <laughs> okay. So I want to ask you this is because it's really interesting. You're talking about, you know, helping um, women STEM build their careers, but you also had this exposure to entrepreneurship. So how... Um, do you see a lot of women from STEM going into entrepreneurship? And what have you noticed or what's been your observation of uh, whether some of these things apply over there or do they need to do something differently? Yeah, so I think STEM teaches you incredible skill sets to be an incredible entrepreneur for sure. I mean, it's an, I mean, unless, if you're able to, I hate to use this term, if you're able to lean in, mm. <laughs> I have something against lean in, but I'm, yeah, that's just the book. <laughs> that is the book that started you on it. Yeah. Um, but I think, no, seriously, if you could lean into your career and take everything as a challenge, learn that there's nothing entrepreneurship could throw at you that you can't handle because you have a really rich experience. Like you were saying, you know, yes, you know, your timing might be different than mine, but the plethora of experience that you bring from a different universe of course applies to this like for example I love processes like this is my this is what I did for so Mm, long mm. so now every time I'm stuck I write down the process what is the process where are we getting stuck where's the bottleneck so instead of dividing yourself into these different roles bring your full self to each of them right Mm. I don't I'm not an I'm not working in engineering but I'm I can still be an engineer because that's my full self right so I think people are too concerned about dividing themselves up into, oh, this is the entrepreneur me, and this is the STEM me, and this is the mom me, and this is, no, you can bring your full stuff to everything, right? Like, then your life becomes much more fun, because mm. even at home, you can do so many engineering things daily, you know? Uh, and so yeah. it's, it's super exciting. So I think there's a lot of value in doing a proper corporate job, STEM job, very challenging jobs then going into entrepreneurship and I think what's going to happen eventually at least this is my very very small view of things is that women are not going to feel included at work because we're not doing anything different Mm. so I sat on this really large companies diversity inclusion meeting things like that they're so focused on results they're so focused on the the result and the intention is so wrong right the intention is I will not get the contract if I don't have 30% women. Mm. Wrong intention. Yeah. Right? 
the intention should be, I need richer ideas because my problems are too big to be mm -hmm. solved alone. So corporate's not gonna change. It's not gonna happen tomorrow. I think what's gonna happen is you continue to see this trend of people leaving, women leaving, minorities leaving, starting their own businesses and then creating a universe that works for them, mm. right? So it's, it's going to be that way. I think yeah. for at least till our lifetime that more and more talented people are not gonna be able to stay because nobody has the patience to stay 40 years to get the role of their dreams, you know? Yeah. Yeah. People are gonna yeah. quit, they're gonna do, they're gonna fix the problems that nobody else is fixing for them. I, I think that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And, I think so. <laughs> yeah. And I think with that, I just have, as we come to the end, it's all about you of throwing it back to you and your life. What's the one thing that you wish you knew when you started your career? You mean the engineering career? Or no, like gosh. when you finished college and started your job. Yeah. I, think yeah, I mean, that was engineering career. So I, yeah. wish, I wish I knew that, um, like, I, and I think it just comes with time, but uh, there's no regrets. I have zero regrets. I just knew. I think I knew everything I needed to know at the right time. Uh, but I think I wish I had more patience, more, mm -hmm. uh, you know, more, again, more cultivating more of that space early on uh, than, than doing it later. So that, you know, the challenges were much more much more flowy like the, it wasn't stuck like the, you know there was a lot of stuckness throughout that time mm. so even though it taught a lot but I wish I knew a meditation I wish I knew a little bit more you know understanding of some life bigger than economics mm. I mean life is so much more than economics but but I think there's too much focus on IIT there's too much focus on and you know these really economic outcomes mm. uh, and and I wish that I just had a little bit more space for other things in life yeah. Okay, great. Well put. Uh, I do want to ask you, this is not on my tentative question list, but as you're speaking, this came to me and I want to ask you, Prasha, where does your confidence come from? Because, you know, you're really confident in front of the camera. Uh, you're not media shy. So how, I mean, were you always confident or did it come um, yeah, over so time? It's a great question. So I, my parents uh, both were, they were both working for Ministry of Home Affairs. So, you know, quote unquote cops mm -hmm. and uh, my mom is the first lady officer in her department out of the hundred men at, in her batch okay. and so um so she's super confident she has climbed three glaciers and done like just incredible amount of amazing work throughout her life including serving the nation and she has an Indian police medal and all these great wow. things wow. my dad served at the United Nations and had a president's police medal so you know we I just I do come from like bad badass parents I think <laughs> so okay. uh, even growing up it was very important for them to teach us that you always stand up for yourself like I remember in third grade somebody said you have a stupid name <laughs> and it, it, I was in third I, so I like I your name so it's unusual I lost my mind. So I go home and I tell my dad and then next day they come and they uh, call the teacher in the room uh, with the principal and they tell her, what's your name? And she said her name and my dad said, what a stupid name. Mm -hmm. And her face just like shrank. And so we were always taught to like stand up for ourselves. So I think, I think it's a lot in the blood and in the family. Uh, of course, when you're born in a cop's family, you're not afraid of anything, <laughs> so, yeah. especially growing up in India. 
So I think that's where it comes from. Also, I had really great teachers. They always pushed me. I, I did debate competitions. I was always a public speaker. So when somebody first wrote a check to my coaching service, a public speaking thing, I called my mom and said, mom, I'm going to be a millionaire. You're going to see it because somebody just wrote a check for me to speak. Okay. <laughs> and now everybody believes it because that's something I always did. So I, I think it's already, you know, we grew up with that. And I think one of the reasons I do this work is because not everybody had that upbringing. And I yeah. kind of want to bring that to them that, you know, we were just, we're just too powerful to just give in, you know, we're yeah. too powerful to not say something. And, and just too amazing to like not <laughs> not have our say in this world. So I, I think uh, that's where it comes from. And and you have to cultivate it too, by the way. There is no one, you know, I can lose this confidence tomorrow if I don't do certain things. You know, you got to always, always talk to yourself nicely. You always need to um, do things to cultivate that confidence that every time you say, don't do this to yourself, mm-hmm. that confidence, you pay in confidence dollars. That's how I think. So never do anything that you lose confidence because it erodes over time. You know, I hear all these, a lot of women, a lot of my clients say, oh, I was so confident in college, but then I'm not. So thinking that confidence is an identity is is the problem. It's not, it's a skill. And, you know, you, if you lost it, you can gain it, but when you have it, you can still lose it. So you be careful. You know, don't have friends around that call you names. Don't have, inputs in your brain that says you're not confident don't act like you're not confident like act like it so your brain can start like believing it you know yeah. <laughs> so, I, mean, I don't believe that <laughs> that's a very interesting way that you share about confidence and uh, yeah I mean great words that's going to be my you know my starting hook for the podcast so thank you for that so quickly uh, before we move into the question section uh, last two questions share with us a day in your life I know what your life looked like I'm watching it all the time so <laughs> share with us yeah. what a day in your life and uh, yeah and then I just have one more question to go sure so anyone who's wondering can follow me and I mean, we have a shameless plug here, but go to Prasha okay. on Instagram and I share my agenda every single day. It's something that I started doing for myself, but then people apparently like it. So mm. I am going to continue doing that as much as I can. But um, I think my biggest thing is like having a 30 minutes to myself in the morning, whatever it is. Now I don't have the 4am mornings. I don't need it. So it has moved a little bit. So, but then really having a little bit of time to meditate or do something, even if it's journaling, having coffee, you know, simple things. But but again, thinking about that 30 minutes as, the, as your energy, energizing time, mm. anything you can do to energize yourself. Uh, and now with entrepreneurship, I have way more time. So spending a little bit more time at the gym and then starting my day a little late. Um, mm. But the way I structure my days, and this is really, again, my secret to time management, is to always, always have energizing tasks and then de-energizing tasks. So never trying to do this super awesome thing for like eight hours. Mm. You're going to burn out. Never trying to do this, oh my God, this dreadful spreadsheet. I'm going to do it for like our entire six hours. No, no, no. That's de-energizing. So Mm. always like planning in those cycles. So first thing in the morning is energizing, workout, all that stuff. Then you're cooking you know, maybe a little de-energizing, cleaning, whatever, then getting on client calls is a recharge all the time. And then in between, you do a lot of like business stuff, like admin stuff that you don't want to do (laughs) anytime (laughs) else. And then having a stop time, I think that's very important so that you have the evening to yourself, 
even with family, I think people are so, this is where everybody's going wrong, I think, most of us, mm-hmm. is that family gets the residual time. Mm. Right? You have a calendar at work, right? Yeah, yeah. But you don't have a calendar for your home life. I have it for my kid and her <laughs> class hours, but no. not, not, it doesn't say quality time with exactly. family in, in the calendar, it doesn't. Right, because you're saying, if I have time, I'll hang out and watch a movie. So uh-huh. your, has, your family or a family uh, unit is getting whatever's left over. Yeah. So what I like to do on a Sunday is just set up the time with family mm. before. So intentionally, they come first. They mm. should, right? Why don't they? Yeah. Are they not important? <laughs> like, or you really don't care? Like, mm. you know, what is it? And it doesn't make you any less ambitious, by the way. If you put your family first, it doesn't mean you cannot be a CEO, right? But I think really intentionally putting family time first, then put everything else. Mm. And so in my day, there's always this really good quality time that I try to have. Of course, sometimes you have a great time. Sometimes it doesn't work out, which is totally fine. Like, you know, who yeah. cares? Um, but yeah, stopping time. I, I've, I've seen a lot of women in STEM like not stopping mm. because there's this sense of like, I need to finish all these tasks. Mm. Why? So that next day they put more tasks on you. Mm. Right. So I think, I think I think it's interesting, but I always like to do energizing and de-energizing tasks, and that ways, yeah, some stuff gets done, some stuff doesn't get done. I make my peace with it. Okay, great. <laughs> so thank you for sharing your day with us. And finally, what's uh, I'm going to borrow this sharing the agenda. Huh? I'm just saying copy shamelessly. Do it. So no, no, <laughs> that's why. Hashtag, we are even building like a, a sticker soon so you can okay. use all our hashtag too. copy shamelessly from Prussia so moving on what's... I didn't invent it <laughs> okay it. but for now I'm just copying it from you that's it yeah. um, but finally uh, my last question to you for today is what's one important lesson you learned during this pandemic oh I started my business during the pandemic so I, th- I think I learned that I'm an entrepreneur <laughs> Okay. I didn't know before. I used to be very resistant to the fact that, oh, I'll never do this full time. Oh, like, you know, it seems like so much work. And mm. why would I leave my comfortable job? And like, I always used to like push back on the idea, but pandemic gave me the time and the, um, and the ideas to like sort of start, start it and finally get, you know, paid for it and see the potential in it. So I think just uh, the fact that I do have an entrepreneurial bone that I didn't know I had. <laughs> nice. And with that, I have no more questions and I've enjoyed this conversation as always. I love watching your videos, including the, I don't know why you aren't doing the dancing videos, but I'm sure you'll go back to it. Enjoy your holiday in <laughs> India. And um, thank you for being here today. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like this episode and you want more, you can go to the show notes on my website, which is successwithsavita.com forward slash podcast. If you like what you've heard so far, I would be grateful to you if you could leave me a five-star review, subscribe to this podcast and share with a friend who may find this useful. You can also follow me on my Instagram at successwithsavita and DM me any questions you may have and I will be happy to answer them for you. Until the next episode, believe in yourself and all the best to your success. This Hub Hopper original ko sunne ke liye aapka shukriya. Agar aap bhi apna podcast launch karna chahte hain, to Hub Hopper Studio website pe register kare aur ek minute ke andar andar apna khud ka podcast launch kare. 
यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कॉन्टेंट